The safe word is starting now. I've had a couple of times where I've been really looking forward to my latte, so excited about my latte, and they put oat milk in it. It's a completely different thing. And so I, I just want people to know that it is not a one-for-one. It's a little <laughs> different. I, I mean, I don't, I'm going to go on record and say oat milk is better than normal milk. Yeah, it's different because it tastes so much better. Mm-hmm. And we were all- I, I think it's important that it takes all kinds. You all drink the stuff that saves the world and I'll just keep polluting with my use of cows and dairy farms. <laughs> but doesn't like oat milk, I heard that oat milk is like, it's not that much better at like being environmental because you like use water to make it. So you're not, you're just, you're not hurting cows, but then you're just wasting water. We're using it all those oat emissions too. <laughs> okay. Drinking water is never wasteful. That's like <laughs> the least wasteful thing I can think of. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, uh, welcome everybody. You're listening to the Safe Word, the official podcast of the Safe Alliance. I'm your host, Antoine R. Martin, he, him pronouns, and I'm joined today by the entire communications team at Safe. Why don't y'all introduce yourselves? Uh, Luis, you can start. Oh, I'm Luis, he, him, his, and I'm the graphic designer for Safe. All right. I'm Mari, she, her, hers, and I'm the social media coordinator and also do videos for SAFE. I'm Piper, and I'm the chief public strategies officer at SAFE, and I get with the comms team, and my pronouns are she, hers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And for people who don't know, uh, I not only do this podcast, I also manage our media relations and edit copy, all that good stuff. I think just to kind of get things started, so that's our those are our, our titles. But I want to know a little bit about what actually led you to um, to this line of work, to doing what we do, and uh, to kick things off. I'll go ahead and start. I think I've kind of said this in different ways in the past on the podcast, but a big part of what got me to this work is when I was a reporter at my last job. Uh, one of the big stories that we worked on was this huge domestic violence piece. And it was one of the first stories that I really worked on that really resonated with me in a, in a way that felt just like huge impact. Um, and it, you know, made me think about the, the people I was interviewing in terms that I hadn't really thought of people. Like, I think there's this, a lot of reporters will get to this point where they're just, you know, jaded in a certain way. And it's like, you're talking to a person you're interviewing them, they're a subject, they're going to be part of your story, you need them to say the thing that you need them to say for the story. And when I was talking with survivors of domestic violence, I didn't feel like that at all. It felt like, you know, this is a person who's being incredibly vulnerable on the record, talking about the trauma they've experienced. And I just wanted to, I don't don't know, be there for them. You know, like I didn't want it to be all about the story and getting the story anymore. I wanted it to be something that they were okay with. And I did what I could to check in with them and everything. And anyways, I think that really got me started on uh, a path toward this work. And then um, when I was looking to get out of journalism, because uh, because people get out of journalism, it's a tough racket. um, I wanted to do something that still mattered. And um, the 
the Safe Alliance was hiring. A lot of those journalism skills translate to communication skills. So uh, yeah, that's how I got here. Who wants to, who wants to tell their story? I'll go off of what you said, Antoine, because it's so similar to you. Um, I, like Antoine, was also a news reporter, but for television. So I was constantly doing stories about all topics, but occasionally I did get to do um, stories about topics that relate to SAFE, whether that was um, sex trafficking, child abuse, domestic violence. I really, I really like to do those kinds of stories, but I just felt like as a news reporter, I maybe wasn't having a job that was as impactful in my mind as it could be um, at a job like the Safe Alliance. And I ended up moving from Oregon, where my news station was located, to Austin, Texas. And that's where I felt this, found the Safe Alliance, where I could do work that was really in line with my skills, like videography and social media. Although now I don't have to be in front of the camera, I could still do the work that I loved while feeling like I had more of a meaningful impact, you know, reaching out to donors, um, reaching out to a community that is looking for or seeking safe services, but still doing what I love. Yeah, I love to hear that. I think mine's pretty similar in a way, like before at Safe, you know, I was working at a magazine and of course at a magazine, you know, the most, even though you think it's like editorial, the most important thing is advertising. And of course that's like where it pretty much is like everywhere you go, it's all about making money, even at a nonprofit. But in a nonprofit, even like when you have to do something that's like, you know, making money or getting donations, it's always educational. It's always about like telling a story. It's much different than just like trying to sell something. And that was something really appealing to me. This is Piper. And I um, have worked at a lot of nonprofits and in government and I'm old. The through line to all the stuff that I've done has always been that it's been um, about empowering women, frankly. And so I... I had never done communications work. And so I was talking to Kelly about SAFE and hearing about the incredible work um, that was being done at SAFE. And my sister actually worked and volunteered at Safe Place and Austin Children's Shelter. And and Um, Kelly, just so uh, Kelly is our co-CEO, Kelly White. Kelly is our co-CEO and my boss. And so Kelly said, you should do communications. I said, I've never done this before, but I can talk pretty and I'm organized. And so um, I've been doing this role for about four years and it's, it's pretty awesome. It's not, I mean, one of the best parts about it is uh, talking about all the great programs and all the great stuff Safe is doing. But I mean, honestly, working with this team is pretty amazing. It's fun. You guys are smart and it's really cool to see the things you put out. And so I, that's one of the best parts of my job. Yeah, that's one of the, I mean, mention how fun it is and like just the way people joke around and stuff. That was one of the things that really surprised me when I first started here was how uh, people have a sense of humor. I don't know, I expect it to be, we're talking about, you know, uh, domestic violence and trafficking and child abuse. Those are uh, very depressing topics, but. Dour. Yeah, dour. Yeah, I, I thought when I was applying for a job, I was like, oh, is this going to be like too heavy for me, this uh, work, but. It really, it doesn't feel that way when you're here. Yeah. So when I first started, uh, like the headquarters hadn't been built. I've, I've been here for five years, which is not a long time. It is also just an unbelievably long time. But the when I started at, I was at this the location, the campus that is this uh, family shelter. And so there's a lot of like direct service people there. And I really expected, uh, I don't know, I expected them to be like depressing, but they all have just like a great sense of humor. And I know where it comes from now. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yes, the work they do is incredibly hard and everything, 
uh, and the stories that they're experiencing are very difficult and can be, there can be a lot of vicarious trauma that they absorb, but they're also, they're working alongside people. They're with people as they heal. And that's a really empowering, positive, wonderful thing. So like, you know, it, there's uh, a lot of uh, positivity. It's not just this negative, depressing thing. It can be that too, though. Let's get to the real questions. What's your sign? I'm a Leo. Yeah, I think we just walked into a 70s pickup bar. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, me and Piper are Capricorn, so we're we're kind of, you know, a power duo here. So <laughs> that's true. You are both Capricorns. And that makes so much sense, doesn't it, Louise? I have no idea how that makes sense. But Luis knows a lot more about this than I do. Uh, Luis, our resident Leo. Does their Capricorn nature sound right to you? Yeah. I feel like I see it more in Piper than Mari. What's that mean? That that's not a compliment. That's a compliment. That's a compliment. I it's a compliment. <laughs> what are the oh by the way, I'm a Sagittarius, so Luis and I are both fire signs. Um, I'm sure that's why we get along so well. Uh, you're gonna explain who Kelly is, but you're not gonna explain what a fire sign is. <laughs> like that's where you are. <laughs> Uh, well, the, the way I usually think of it is, um, you know, em- emotional in a way and also uh, effortlessly cool. Anything to add to that, Luis? Fun. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, what is a Capricorn? What is our element? I have no idea. Earth? Yeah, Earth, yeah, yeah. Capricorns are Earth signs. What does Earth mean? Grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, more realistic, right? That's kind of a rational maybe um capricorn is the hardest working sign in the zodiac sometimes i wonder if i work hard because i'm a capricorn or if i'm a capricorn so i work hard i've had this conversation (laughs) with my friends before and it's like have i reinforced like my signs so much in me since i was you know younger in high school that i read over and over that i'm a power sign and (laughs) I work really hard and I like to get things done so that I morphed myself into that. Or am I actually like that? I honestly have no idea. Mari, I have the same wonder about like, I'm the eldest child. I'm the eldest daughter mm-hmm. and you're the eldest daughter. And I always same. wonder, do I, am I like this because I'm the oldest daughter or <laughs> like, I don't know what the chicken egg is there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked my mom the other day, I said, you know, the stereotype that the oldest daughter is bossy, which is the worst stereotype, by the way. I asked my mom, was I actually bossy as an older sister? Or do you think that that's just a stereotype that maybe I've thought I was? And she said, I actually don't think you were. So that made me feel better. Mm, Interesting. But I've always thought in my head, maybe I'm bossing my siblings around just because that's such a reinforced like stereotype. I mean, I have no doubt that that's part of it. The The way I've always looked at it is, you know, it's not like the, the stars are telling you something mystical about yourself. It's more that the when you, you know, whether you're doing like tarot reading, which is different than astrology, or you're talking about an astrological reading, you know, you're you're exploring yourself. So parts of what make a Sagittarius that I'm reading about myself that I like, they'll, and I'll be like, oh yeah, those are, yeah, fun or funny and cool. And I like those things about myself. So like I gravitate toward those things and it reinforces something about myself and the aspects that are not, that I don't like about myself that are part of that, you know, I can 
choose how I interact with with those aspects too. You know, it's all it's all open to interpretation. And you know, like if you ever read your horoscope or something, it's so open to interpretation that it could apply to literally anybody. Uh, but that's part of the fun too. I don't know. It's it's fun, and you can learn something about yourself from it. It all depends on how self-reflective you are. And uh, and in case anybody's curious about why I'm asking these questions, uh, a big part of the reason for this podcast is to tell people to show the listener that we're all we're all just people here, you know. Like the same way that I thought that safe staff would be really dour and depressing and was surprised if if somebody is thinking about uh, coming to safe for services. It's nice to know that the people here are also people with lives and personalities and interests and everything. And um, yeah, I think it makes us maybe a little more approachable. We even have pets. Like I'm surprised uh, Panini, our, my cat here hasn't come in yet, my partner's cat. Um, I'm sure he'll make an appearance soon. Mari is moving her camera to show off her dog. Uh, with, with your, tell us about, tell us about Molly. Molly is currently in my face right now, begging for attention, but Molly is 10 and I got her from Austin Pets Alive about a year ago. I went to foster her, but then she's just so perfect. I had to make her mine and officially adopt her. She's adorable. You've got a couple of pets, Louise, or I mean, you have a pet and then you live with another pet. Yeah, I have a, I have a canary named Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. And then I live with a little dog named Nilla. How do those two animals get along? I don't know if Nilla, the dog, even knows that there's a bird there. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, the cage is really high. And even when the bird makes noises, it doesn't seem to, like, register. Really? Like, Nilla, like, that it's, like, a living thing. Like, just always just a noise that something in this house makes. So You should introduce them. (laughs) I should. uh, They're... Nilla's not that aggressive of a dog, so. Yeah, you should let uh, Martian Manhunter fly around sometimes. I I could. I would really like it if the image for our podcast today is a picture of Martian Manhunter with his name, like, in in bold. (laughs) Yeah, how did you, was there any reason why you decided on Martian Manhunter? I know it's a DC Comics character, but... Do you like the Martian Manhunter from the comics? No, or? I don't actually even know anything about that comic. Yeah. I the name, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, it is, so. What about you, Piper? Pets? We have a dog named Astro Queso Nelson, and he was a rescue from Fighter Texas Labs, and he is, like, uh, he is not perfect. He is very <laughs> flawed. <laughs> he is uh, energetic and crazy, meaning that he does not control his body or his emotions and he fits into my family very well oh yeah i love how energetic he is i haven't seen him in a while but (laughs) also i really like uh queso i know i know queso is still part of his name um yeah a great name animals with food names are especially great it's panini we did a team exercise a couple of weeks ago where we drew um each one of us drew our perfect day. oh no 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 we we did one where everybody drew their perfect day which i love and it just right but then we also did one where mari asked us a series of questions and one of the questions was if you had a hamster what would you name it and somebody said lunchbox 
no, which I, I think it's the best name ever for a hamster. <laughs> I mean, if Molly hadn't already come with her name from the shelter, which I didn't want to switch up on her because she's mm-hmm. so old. So that would have been rude of me, but I would totally have named her something ridiculous like Lunchbox. Like I love those kinds of names, but I also kind of like old man names for dogs, you know, especially really small dogs. I just think that's hilarious. Like Wilfred. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always liked Clarence. Clarence. Craig. Yeah. Gary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's anyone's names listening, I honestly love those names. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a, a guest on the podcast earlier who has a dog named Piper. Yep. That's actually a common name for dogs because I was looking up dog names before I knew that Molly actually had a name. And like Piper was coming up on the list and I was really confused because Piper is the only Piper I've ever met. So I've mm-hmm. never heard that in a dog. And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, it's a cool name and people, I don't know what this means to you, but I'll, uh, I've definitely heard people who know you Piper say, oh yeah, she's definitely a Piper. You can't name your child Piper or your dog and expect to get a shy retiring child, right? Like you name someone Piper and you got to know what you're in for. It's, it's, it's going to be a big bang. It's mm-hmm. not. I feel like we all match our names pretty well. Like we all have like somewhat unique names. Mm. And um, I think we all match them well because have you ever met somebody and they tell you their name, but they don't look like that name. So you keep forgetting <laughs> it because that happens to me all the time. And also my landlord the other day told me that she just got a cat and named her Mari. So yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, thank you. Did they name the cat after you? Was it like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else there's not like there's other Maris that you would name it after, or it's not like a common name where you would hear multiple like times. And she was like, I just got a cat and named her Mari because I liked your name so much. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> good luck with that you know um let's let's talk about like hobbies and interests and just what what we like to do in our spare time i'll uh, i guess i'll go ahead and go first these days i well i guess i recently got a bike so i've been riding my bike a lot uh, a little bit less since i just got it because it's been super texas hot but i still if i have to make a trip to uh hq i don't live too far away so i'll ride my bike up there so that's i've been doing a lot of that and then hobby that i got into won't play well on audio but building gunpla plastic giant robot models i'm showing off one of my favorite ones it's the hyakushiki it's a golden mobile suit piloted by shar Aznable in the anime but uh that's that's what i've been kind of into lately just you know nerdy stuff nerdy stuff plus fitness I guess what have you all been up to though what uh what do you just do well I have two kids (laughs) I feel like that's a lot of like the last couple of days have been all about getting school supplies ready and stuff like that I didn't cuss I think that I deserve a lot of credit for not cussing just then uh, I have to admit something, and this is a little embarrassing. It's it's very uh, it's very middle aged lady of me. But on Friday, I am going to uh, play tennis for the first time. My mom is an avid tennis player. She plays like ten hours a week. I, I'm not kidding. Wow. Again, almost cast. And so I've never played because she's so competitive and she's so good that why would I play tennis? But I'm going to go try it at seven o'clock on Friday morning. 
I'll let you know how it goes. Whoa, you've never played tennis before? That's, I mean, that's I, awesome. play with, I play with her every now and then. Uh-huh. Like, I've never been part of an active tennis thing. So, we'll see. That's so fun. <laughs> it's pretty old white lady, if we're being honest. But I'm going <laughs> to lean in for right now. <laughs> it's a one, real quick, well, Piper was mentioning that she, that's, I think, another one of her, the things she does in her spare time is swear. But this is a non, uh, non-explicit podcast. Keeping it clean. Keeping we'll it have clean to, here. We'll have to bleep you out, Piper. Yeah. Don't oh, censor yourself. Noise. you, Mari. <laughs> <laughs> Antoine's putting a bleep right there. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, yeah. Who, who else? Who does what? Uh, I like to draw and paint and, like, make little comics. And then uh, I like to watch horror movies and play Pokemon. <laughs> And listen to podcasts about horror movies. You turn me on to the Faculty of Horror podcast. It's that's a good one. Yeah, I really like like film critique, but um, too. Those are the kind of podcasts I listen to, but specifically about horror movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess it's my turn. I love to travel. I want to go to all the states in the country, and I I don't think it's possible for me to hit up every country, but that would be ideal. Um, I love, love to be outdoors and I'm really drawn to bodies of water. Like I like swimming. I can't really swim. Like actually, like I don't know how to actually swim. I just basically know how to not drown, but I like rivers, lakes, the ocean. I've always been swimming pools. I've just always been drawn to like swimming and paddleboarding. And um, if I can get a hold of a boat, I do like water sports, like wakeboarding or water skiing. I like to make videos. I like to make random videos sometimes. Just the other day, I was at a food truck and the lady was telling me how she just opened it up and it was her dream business and everything. And I was like, can I shoot you a highlight video? And she said, yes. And I shot the whole thing and edited it the other day. And I had so much fun doing it. What? Where That's is awesome. It? Yeah. Are we going to be able to see that? It's awesome. Yeah, I can send it to you if you want. I really like how it turned out. I'm going to stop by her food truck. She's like an older lady. So I'm going to stop by her food truck today and like show her how to like post it on Instagram as like a reel and how to pick like a popular sound and everything. Oh, what, what is the food truck? It's called Midway Dogs. It's in South Austin off of uh, First Street, I think. Midway Dogs? Yeah, it's like a Chicago style, like hot dog. Um, Nice. Yeah. So Antoine, maybe you should make the drive down here and try them out oh i will yeah no doubt <laughs> i love a good chicago dog give her a little yelp review you know uh-huh. she's from chicago so wow i i tell i tell people from texas that i'm from chicago area because nobody knows where galesburg is but yeah that's awesome only recently had a chicago dog for the first time uh when i went to visit my folks uh, a couple months ago now but i've been to chicago countless times i've just never actually had the the classic Chicago dog, and it is chef's kiss. Here I'm about are. to go get one after this meeting. I'm so excited. Mm, lucky. Let's all meet there. If it wasn't so far south from y'all. Hey, I don't know. I can ride my bike there. <laughs> um, okay. I think we will have just enough time for me to ask uh, one of my favorite stupid would you rathers. Would you rather have French fry fingers or spaghetti toes? And you can't eat them? So, I think you can eat either and they will regenerate. Uh, but you know, it's you're gonna be without whatever appendage you eat for a couple weeks at least. Okay, I'm, I have my an answer. 
I am undoubtedly, undoubtedly going with spaghetti toast. Spaghetti. Me too. No, I no contest. Try fingers. You Why? <laughs> Is it like one strand of spaghetti per toe? I picture like, almost like a like a small mop. Like you have many like like tendrils of spaghetti. I just don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't really like spaghetti that much. Mm-hmm. All the more reason to have it on your toes, and then you won't even want to eat it, and then you'll just have like space there. <laughs> But I love French fries, and I can have as many French fries as I want. It's never-ending French fry fingers. It's yeah, like, what's it called at Red Robin? The, <laughs> bottom- the bottomless? bottomless fries. <laughs> no, but then they're, like, cold, so you have to, like, heat your hand up if you want to eat them because nobody likes, like, cold fries. You're just, just constantly trying to shove your hand in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Um, I want also, might, it might be the end of your career. <laughs> yeah. Please. Uh, there are those people that like learn how to like play piano with their feet or like paint with their feet. True, true. That's true. Yeah, my, my only issue with French fry fingers is I feel like they'd also be kind of greasy. So like if you're typing or using your phone or anything, you're gonna leave like I don't know yeah. smears. Or just uh, getting dressed or petting your pet or touching a baby. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I just don't want people to ask me about it. Like if I had spaghetti toes, I could just wear closed-toed yeah. shoes and nobody would harass me about it. But I feel like if I had French frying hands, that would bring up too many conversations. Yeah. Don't you think people would just want to nibble your fingers all the time? You like how people are always touching pregnant women's bellies? Like they would want to eat your fingers. <laughs> oh, they would maybe. just walk up and eat your fingers. Oh, we can wear gloves. That's true. And that's, oh, that's kind of mysterious too. You had that like your, your mystique. Uh, the thing about, also, uh, uh, spaghetti toes is, I don't know how that would affect your balance. I feel like it'd be really hard to walk. Um, I mean, even like people say that like your pinky toe, like plays a lot in your balance. And like, that's like the worst toe to lose. So if you Wait, lose all of your toes, I was just going to say the opposite. I was going to say like, there's a theory that pinky toes are becoming extinct because it's the toe we literally don't use. I thought it was, but all, cause like the, it's the toe that you use for like gripping. Cause it like has that extra dexterity. I thought it was. I don't know. My pinky toe is literally like this long. Like it's so tiny. It's like smaller than a bean. So I would be like surprised if it actually did anything for me. Okay. I did, maybe. I did just try walking around without using my toes and just use putting all of the weight on the heel and whatever mm-hmm. this part, broad part is. And I didn't need my toes. I did, okay. Maybe it's oh, not what you were that. doing just now, Piper? <laughs> I was confused. Okay. I, I think I side with the uh, spaghetti toes. Either one's a great option, but I think that's what I'd go with. You're the lone French fry fingers, Louise. I feel like you just wouldn't be able to run, which is totally fine with me. Yeah. As someone who ran a marathon, I, I'm done with running. I don't really need to do that again. I can live You've already checked it off your bucket list. Yeah. Right? Um, okay, now let's let's try the impossible segue, bringing it back around from that to uh, something I don't know, a little more, a little more uh, mission focused. Um, so we all do communications work here at Safe, and I wanted to hear what do you feel? How do you feel your work uh, contributes to um, the overall mission to stop violence and abuse? I feel like we all might have very similar answers on this, but obviously like nobody can be helped by SAFE or nobody can help SAFE, you know, financially or donation wise, if nobody knows about SAFE. Mm -hmm. I feel like all of our jobs are just mostly like putting 
the word out there in a way that's engaging and reaches different audiences of people, whether that's like survivors, you know, students, people who want to volunteer, people who want to donate, give gifts, um, people who know somebody who knows somebody who might need help. I feel like anybody we reach could be beneficial in some way. I, I, I agree with that totally, but I've also been thinking about like the nuance of the message that we put out um, and how we have such an opportunity. And I think we take that opportunity as much as possible to make sure that people know that like there's a cycle of violence and that, you know, all violence is connected. I think that's important, but then also things like, you know, whether we're talking about substance abuse or challenges with parenting, whatever it is, like we get to shape a a message that leads to greater understanding, greater empathy, um, greater knowledge about um, sort of what's going on out there. And my hope is that that leads to, to people recognizing what they're in or what they're doing to other people and that, that some of that violence ends. But like, I, I think the nuance of the message we put out is pretty exciting as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, that makes me think about like the ways that we, uh, when we're talking about say, domestic violence, for example, or sexual violence and how it is, um, you know, often talked about as uh, gender-based violence, which it is because women are disproportionately impacted by, by these acts of violence but we also, you know, have a, a responsibility to talk about how like men are also victims too. And there are people who are perpetrators as well as victims. There are, you know, all these different shades that are uh, really challenging topics to talk about in the first place, but, for, but can also be really challenging topics to understand and that we have a responsibility to... Um, you know, shed light on that and, and make it apparent that safe shelters are not only for women who are survivors of violence, but anybody who has survived violence, you know, or has um, experienced violence in some way. Yeah. What do you you think, Luis? I feel like you have something you want to add. Yeah, I think it's a combination of what everyone said, the, you know, the nuance of our message, not just with like, taking it out of like, you know, like violence against women, but like also how in, I'd say, we always say survivor, you know, we never say victim. And that's the way we like portray these stories as survivors. And the way we relay the message is, I always want to kind of go, and going back to the way, like, you know, how we talked about earlier, how we thought maybe this work would be too heavy and how it's like really fun here. And like, at least with how I do like the graphic design here, I want to make I also want the message to, of course it's heavy, but to be energetic and be like, it can be like, you know, it's fun to work here and it can be cool to help people, you know? It can be cool to help people, I don't know. I think that's a really good way to look at this. And you do such an incredible job bringing energy to your designs. And I think that's not just, it's not just because that's how staff, but that's how clients come too, right? Like whether you're talking to a kid at the children's shelter or you're, hearing people laughing at the family shelter, like that's all around us. That's, that's, um, I think, I, and I, I think that that's so much about, I think that's so important to how we communicate. And again, you, your the brand that you have created for safe is so phenomenally full of color and energy um, for that reason. And we're so lucky that we have that. Yeah, I can, I like, per, even just me personally, like, you know, sometimes, oh, I don't want to look at the news right now. It's too sad. But so like thinking of safe, you know, if I make it look, 
like it's cool like you know like I said it's cool to help people you would you bring attention to maybe sometimes people like me <laughs> yeah that's a great point yeah I uh I don't know if I have anything else to to add. I think it's probably time to start winding down. You, uh, how about this? You can you can find uh, Safe on social media. We're at Safe ATX on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I think we also have a LinkedIn floating around out there. And yeah, uh, and as always, you can get in touch with Safe if you need support or know somebody who may need support just check out safeaustin.org and uh, you can connect with our safe line there. It's 24 seven. And yeah, I guess uh, that'll, that'll do it. Thank you all for joining me today. Uh, For Luis Piper and Mari, I'm Antoine R. Martin, and you've been listening to the safe word, the official podcast of the safe Alliance. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye. 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 listening to The Safe Word, the official podcast of The Safe Alliance. Banana, 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 banana.